Hello, hello, and welcome back to Unverified, the podcast helping you redefine success on social media. I'm your host, Coralie Trigger, and if we haven't met yet, hey, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for being here. I'm an Emmy-winning creator and digital consultant, and I'm here to talk about all things social media and digital marketing with a little twist, and that is, I don't care how many followers you have, which I know sounds unusual, but hear me out. I don't care how big your audience is because for brands and businesses, social media platforms are tools that can be used in a hundred different ways for a hundred different reasons, like makeup, for example. That's why I make a conscious effort to turn away from digital vanity numbers in favor of focusing on real life goals that digital strategy can support. That's my style anyway. So let's talk about today's episode. Today's episode is the first of a three-part series with my sister, also known as Makeup by Shannon Marie. I'm super excited. She is a film and TV makeup artist in Los Angeles with a strong YouTube and TikTok presence in the makeup education space. In this series, we chat about her experience getting started as a digital creator while balancing on-set work, the dark side of going viral, and leveling up her social media game. On today's episode, we're focusing on her YouTube origin story, the inspiration for getting started, how she found her voice, and words of wisdom for new creators. More with Shanna Marie right after this. Today's episode of Unverified is being brought to you from the heart of East Nashville at the Russell, a historic church transformed into a -a one-of-a-kind boutique hotel. The Russell's mission is to give back to the Nashville community through their Rooms for Rooms program. They donate a portion of every stay to local organizations that provide a safe haven for those in need in the Nashville community. Visit RussellNashville.com to book your experience today. (laughs) Welcome to Nashville. Welcome to my little booth. Thank you. First big question. Let's do it. It's so easy to look at big creators now. And I don't, do you consider yourself a big creator? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and, but even where you are now, and it's easy to assume that people have always been as good as they are right now, or they've always had the following, or they've always had the production value, or they all, they've always had the confidence, or they've always had the knowledge, whatever. You've been on YouTube now. You just hit five years. Congratulations. Thank you. Five years on YouTube. <laughs> you... I'm rubbing my temples as you're telling me this. <laughs> yes. Five you, years. <laughs> you made it. And your the platform looks different. Uh, and obviously your content looks a lot different now than it did five years ago. So let's go back and start from the beginning. What was the original inspiration to get onto YouTube? Da-da-da-da. Flashback. <laughs> Dissolve. <laughs> um, originally, I was rocking the retail makeup world. And I just noticed that there were a lot of people coming in and asking questions and getting frustrated with the content that already existed online. It was very overwhelming at the time. I feel like in 2010. To the, I mean, YouTube just looks completely different now and, and creators on YouTube look very different. But at that time, it felt like to me people were coming in and saying, I have a long list of things that I need to create a basic makeup eye look. And I was like, you don't need all of these products, you need one of these products. But because someone on the internet told them that they needed it, they were convinced that that is how they were gonna be successful at makeup. And Mm -hmm. I just knew that that wasn't the way. I mean, it could be a way, but who has time? Who has time to do all of that? So I really wanted to create, (laughs) yeah, me neither. (laughs) I really wanted to create a space on the internet that was targeting real people who just wanted to learn. I mean, I think a little soapbox time. (laughs) Let's do it. Get on up there, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I just think 
the ability knowing how to put on makeup it's just not a god-given talent and some people are more gifted at it than others but just the power in knowing how to do it if they want to not saying you need to wear makeup or you should wear makeup every day it's obviously a personal preference but just knowing how and like having the confidence to create a look by themselves is so empowering i mean it's so stinking cool and I just feel like the techniques that were being taught on the internet at that time were not broken down enough to where someone who's never even picked up a makeup brush could know how to follow along. A lot of how to look like the Kardashians as well. For sure. A lot of this is the way to do it. These are the products to use regardless of budget, skill set, personal desires, uh, face shape, skin texture, Skin color, all of that. It was really pretty, I don't know if monotone is the right word, but it kind of feels like that's at least, that's what I saw at that time. Definitely. And it made me not interested in any of it. <laughs> no. It <laughs> makes sense. I just turned around and walked right on out of that corner of the internet. When it becomes like a frustrating process, right? Like you're watching a tutorial, they're telling you how to do it and you can't do it. Mm-hmm. That's so infuriating. It makes you want to give up. Mm-hmm. You know, so what were those conversations like when you were working retail and makeup? People came in and they had a bunch of stuff in their basket. Were they asking you for advice at that time? Were you able to turn people around? How many more questions can I ask you at once? <laughs> <laughs> like, <huh? laughs> what was what was that experience like of having people come in with only knowledge from the Internet? What were those exchanges like? I think there's so many different experiences you can have walking into a retail store and even though I always tried to like have a good time with my clients, it was only what they were willing to give to me and open up to me about. And so I remember there was one client that came in. I was rushing to the register to check out people because we had a long line. And it was a woman in her 40s. She was with her teenage daughter and they had just a boatload of makeup. Mm -hmm. So I was ringing it out and I was like, you know, making conversation. <laughs> How could you possibly meet someone and not have a whole conversation <laughs> with them? Uh huh. Great question. Great question. <laughs> so I was just popping off and being like, you know, like, whoa, so cool. Like, love these products. What are you up to? And the woman was like, I just turned 40. I haven't done makeup in 20 years. I've been raising kids and I have to go to back to the workplace and I was like looking at all of these, you know, products that probably weren't the best suited for her, but were very much trending on the internet at that time. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like, oh man, like, you know, like, do you have a little bit of time? I'm happy to like, you know, sit down with you and show you how to use these. In my mind, I was like, sh show you how to use them, but then also show you an easier way, you know? Yeah. And um, she wasn't willing to be open and vulnerable with me about that, which is, you know, totally fair and fine. I mean, it's very vulnerable being in the chair with no makeup. And sometimes mm -hmm. for some reason, when people find out that I'm a makeup artist, they always apologize for how they look. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it's so crazy and common. And, and it's just, even if I compliment them, even if I'm like, man, that's a popping eyeliner. Uh -huh. They're like, oh, I'm, you know, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, nah, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> surfer shan makeup vibes. <laughs> you know, it's rocking. It's so rocking. <laughs> and so I feel like with that woman, she didn't want to own up that she didn't know how to do something because that's no fun. Yeah. And she didn't want to be a part of this like fun learning, you know, process. And I was like, dang. 
I wish that there was a place on the internet for her that she could go and get these stripped down basic appropriate tutorials for beginners. And so she didn't have to have that vulnerability with me as an artist. She could have it in the comfort of her own home, hopefully having a good time, you know, playing with makeup. Like that's one thing I try to push in every single video is like, try it this way, try it your way, just play with it. And like makeup's the best. You can literally remove it (laughs) and then put it on again. (laughs) Like it just doesn't have to be so serious. Yeah. It's not permanent. No. Gosh, I just feel for that woman. I love that story. And I just feel for her so much because I am very aware of how I look when I go into stores like Sephora or even like when I go shopping, I am treated so differently if I walk into a makeup store wearing makeup versus not wearing makeup to the point where like, like excellent service if I'm dressed up and completely ignored, which is nice to sometimes it's like, I don't want to talk to anybody and I don't do anything. And it's fine. And for the most part, people will ignore me. Um, You know, I can only imagine that that woman had a similar experience. And then to all of a sudden realize that someone's like there and paying attention. That's like, whew, that's that would throw me off a little bit. Totally. Totally. So what happens? You go you go home after your shift that night and you create a YouTube account. Well, (laughs) it's not that simple. (laughs) I mean, I think I, you know, debated about it for the next year and a half, but, (laughs) but then I came home one night and I opened up my laptop. Cut to a year and a half later. What's that SpongeBob gift? One year later or what, or like many moments later. Oh gosh. I don't even know. I don't remember. That's what I'm thinking of right now. Anyway. Okay. So now Um, we're in the next phase of life. Yeah. And walk me through that first video and and what mm. that was like creating your account and actually like really getting started and saying I this is a problem and I, I'm going to be the one that says something about it I mean oh man well at that point I didn't want to mess with any of the camera stuff so I ended up hiring someone to do all of the camera stuff for me the camera stuff. <laughs> We're sitting in like a yeah. decked out audio booth right now. <laughs> but the, the, the camera, camera stuff. <laughs> and I do all my own content now. But yes, the camera stuff. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't even think is an important. Well, it is an important part to the story because I lost so much money making YouTube videos for years. I think I wasn't even making money until I stopped making videos. <laughs> 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 Not that it's about the money. I mean, but at all. But it's nice. Yeah. But yeah. it was a true investment for you at the time. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And what was your goal in spending all this money? It was like, I'm going to change the world or <laughs> like I'm going to build yes. my career. Like at that point. Yeah. What? Why was it worth it to you as like an early 20 something to hire somebody to help you with this? I think there's a lot of pressure to. um have everything look perfect on social media. (laughs) Yep. Say that line every episode. (laughs) Yeah. There's so (laughs) thank you. Uh There's so much pressure. And I was like, I don't know how to do any of this camera stuff. And also like, I want to focus on the makeup content. Yeah. But it's just crazy though, because you learn so much by doing all of the camera stuff and all of the editing yourself. Yeah. And so I think if I would have just forced myself to do it myself, I would have learned faster. Were you not editing yourself at the time? I was editing I remember most cutting, of it. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you cut a few of my videos. I had... Not many, though. No. No, it was definitely a lot of uh, learning, but the it's just one of those things, dang, it's just like the more you do it, the better and easier it becomes. Were you in iMovie at the time, or were you? did you start straight in Premiere? It's a good question. Uh, I might have started in iMovie, but then I jumped pretty quickly to Premiere. I needed to, but even so, I am not a premier aficionado. I can like you're pretty fast. Eh, eh. <laughs> I mean, compared to five years ago, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> full raspberry, <laughs> full raspberry flow. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I'm way faster. <laughs> no, but I would say you're still pretty. I mean, you're not an yeah. editor, but like, no, but I'm faster. But also, I'm faster because the video content that I'm recording, I know what to get. Like, I just if I'm like going on a tangent, kind of like how I'm going on this podcast, I like will stop myself and be like. Nah, <laughs> like do Change that again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or if I'm like, if I lose myself in thought, I like literally freeze, uh-huh. collect my thoughts, and then continue so that my hands are in the same position. So it makes it like a way faster edit, <laughs> which happens a lot. That's amazing. That's what I do when I'm recording solo podcast episodes. I mean, I don't have to worry about where my hands are, mm-hmm. but I yeah, snap and start the sentence over again. Yes, yeah, even tone everything. Everything, yeah, because. Editor Corley and Shan, they're real sassy. So sassy. <laughs> Don't have patience for talent versions of us. No patience. <laughs> the good thing about the podcast, it's a little bit longer form. I have a little bit more flexibility and how things work. But yeah. so, okay, so you're in the early stages of YouTube. You are paying somebody to help you shoot and light and worry about the audio. You're taking care of like producing and post production. And then during the production phase, you are. Strictly Talent, when do you switch to being a, just like a total one-man band? <laughs> when I ran out of money. <laughs> hey, that is a great motivator sometimes, yeah. <laughs> no, I think when I needed more control of creating my own content, when I didn't have time to like a book out and film eight videos in a day, I needed to do one quickly or I didn't hit a deadline. I like, I think one of the biggest things that you need if you want to start creating content is being stubborn and persistent because you just have to keep grinding when it sucks. (laughs) Like, and I don't know, like, honestly, looking back, like, why did I keep creating content? (laughs) Like, it's so crazy. I think I just had it in my head. I was just, like, so determined to, like, put one out every single week that I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And I think that when I dropped having additional support was when I needed to create content because I hadn't hit a deadline yet. Like I like needed to create a video and I was like, well, going to be me and my phone, you know, like, and then <laughs> this is what it looked like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then the more that I did that, I was like, oh, like I can do that. And like, there are benefits to filming by yourself because there's not pressure of someone looking at you mm-hmm. while creating it. I think even now I'm like filming in public. I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> You know, but like in my room, I'm like, hey, it's Shanna Marie. Welcome to me. You know I mean? it's, like, it's like totally, totally different. Yeah. Just like a different style of energy. Wait, so let's go back to this. Yeah. Like, 
grinding, which I'm trying to not use verbs associated with machines mm. with humans. Mm. So I'm trying to like take grinding okay. and like my own personal activity. I'm trying to separate those two things okay. because grinding is what, that's like what a machine does. Okay. Like, work, I am work, not a machine. Work, work, work. Yeah. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, nap, 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 nap. <laughs> okay. Fair so, enough. Yes. So what was it about, like what? could have possibly compelled you to want to make a video every week? Was it really, did you have that woman in your head? Did you have fame in your head? Did you have career success in your head? What was it about the... <laughs> like, why were you doing your it? Your sister's a maniac. <laughs> Possibly psychopath. <laughs> Just gonna send this file to the therapist. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what kept me going? <laughs> Um, I'm sure potentially it was fame. It was like, it was like, mm -hmm. maybe this video will be the viral one. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, try again. Maybe yes. this one. Exactly. I think I also had <laughs> 400 videos <laughs> later. Oh my gosh. Isn't that the truth though? <laughs> I think I just had so many ideas. And honestly, truly at the end of the day, I do enjoy making content. Yeah. Like when I... I'm not making content and I'm busy working. I am thinking about content. And when I'm in it, like, of course, there's things that I don't enjoy about it. But for the most part, I truly enjoy teaching and creating a space on the Internet that's like approachable mm -hmm. to a like very unapproachable topic. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just like that drive of like simplifying things and like trying to make sense of something that is very confusing. I'm realizing we're both motivated by really similar things. Oh. <laughs> Just like your approach to makeup is really similar to my approach to social media. Mm, mm -hmm. Tell me. <laughs> no, it's just everything you said. Yeah. <laughs> Mom and dad want to weigh in here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it's something that you enjoy. You're motivated to to put stuff out every day. What happens after you start getting comfortable with doing everything yourself? You hit you hit a milestone at one year and then doubled it by year two and doubled it again by year three. Was that how it went? Every year on YouTube, I doubled, which is crazy. And when, when doubled following your yeah. subscribers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's walk through those numbers. Yeah, 250 the first year. 250 subscribers. Yeah. Starting with straight up zero and and not having a community on YouTube to begin with. Like you weren't- not having a community on anything. Yeah. And it, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Nobody, <laughs> people still don't know who I am, but like, <laughs> but like I didn't, and honestly at that time when I was posting YouTube, I didn't really like promote myself like that. I was no, just like- No, you wouldn't let me, I, I was trying so hard to promote you on, to help you on social yeah. media and you were like, hell no. Yeah. I was like- if you're meant to find this eyeliner video, you will find it. And I'm like, uh, keywords? <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, -huh. uh, yeah. So 250 the first year, but your girl kept going. <laughs> but listen, here's the thing. Yeah. 250 people, when you're watching YouTube videos that mm -hmm. are, have millions of views and you're following people who have hundreds of thousands of subscribers, mm -hmm. It's so easy to get caught up in that number. Mm. But if you were in a room talking about makeup in front of 250 people who voluntarily showed up, that would be freaking awesome. It's true. But you but it looks somehow we've got it so twisted that that number looks like small. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay. So 250 people your first year, 
Yep. 500 people at year two. Yep. And you were like, let's keep going. Yeah. (laughs) And when you hit 500 people at the end of year two, were you thinking, great, I'm going to double it again? Or were you thinking, great, I'm going to grow 250 people a year? What were you thinking about it? I don't even think I was thinking about it. I was just like, must get a video up every week. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I like to do. (laughs) I enjoy this. (laughs) Completely. Yeah. That was like full mindset. (laughs) We're Uh, having fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then I think uh, after the 500, it was less than a year that I hit a thousand. Then Mm -hmm. I hit from a thousand. I doubled it plus to 2,500. Okay. And then that year, when I was still consistently making content, it went from 2,500 to 5,000 and then 5,000 to 10,000 the following year. Okay. And then now that I've kind of dropped off YouTube, uh, it still is growing. I want to talk about the technical side of it, that it's not just the creating and all the technical production stuff, but there actually is a lot in the how you title a video and how you do your description and how you pick your keywords and all of that. You ended up taking a class. I did. Total game changer. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that because YouTube is a search engine and that's not something that I hear creators talk about enough. So can you, at what point did that shift? I think in the beginning I chose YouTube because it was the thing that most people were doing in my niche in beauty. Yeah. And so it made the most sense to me. And then basically I was uploading these videos and I was like, but how come no one's seeing it? I'm like, Mm -hmm. how come I'm making this amazing strip down how to put on eyeliner video and like no one is seeing it. And Mm -hmm. so I started doing some research. I started following some social media advisors and then ended up doing um, a VRA, Sean Cannell, Mm -hmm. his program. And that was a total game changer because YouTube is owned by Google. Yep. And that makes it the second largest search engine in the world. The world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I was like, oh, because I'm titling my video Easy Eyeliner. And if you type in Easy Eyeliner on YouTube, even to this day, and that video has gotten some traction, you will not find my video. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> because there's so many other people that rank higher. And they rank higher because of their subscriber count, their um, the amount that they post. And they're like... What's the word, Corley? They're like, uh, oh, they're um, Google Authority Score. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So even though there were these easy eyeliner tutorials that were maybe not as easy as my eyeliner tutorials, <laughs> mine weren't ranking, and they weren't ranking because I hadn't done the back end research to put my video in the best optimal spot for viewership. Yeah. So when we're talking about ranking, the primary function of search engine content is to answer questions. So when you're talking about ranking, you're talking about like on Google, like when you go to Google something, you're not going to click through all the O's at the bottom of the page. Like if you can't find it on <laughs> I, that. I think I'm going to look on page 92. <laughs> Feels right. <laughs> that, that's where I'm going to. Still Shannon's not ranked there. <laughs> That's where I'm going to find my answer. Right. So on YouTube, so when you're talking about ranking, you're talking about how close to the top your video appears as an answer to the question that somebody typed in the search bar. Exactly. So for example. We got there eventually. <laughs> we did. <laughs> so for example, 
instead of like the title being easy eyeliner, it needs to be more specific for what people are searching. So it's like easy eyeliner for almond eye shape or like easy eyeliner for blue eyes, like easy eyeliner with pencil eyeliner. So like the more specific you can get in your tags and your like back SEO in your description and everything, the higher chance you have of someone finding your video if they're searching for that exact search term. So aside from the huge technical learning curve of on the production side of actually making the videos, what were other things that you had to learn along the way? I think one huge thing was learning how to be the person I wanted to be on camera. Mm -hmm. Because in the beginning, I didn't know. So I was trying different things. And it was beneficial for me to have someone behind the camera because I could kind of riff off of them. Mm -hmm. But then it felt in the very beginning, very staged. Like if you look at my older YouTube videos, I basically wrote a script that I was just memorizing and then repeating with bigger energy. Uh Uh-huh. Then the more that I did it, the more I found that that's not really fun to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I think it's a hard lesson, but a good one. Yeah, for sure. One thing that stuck with me, we had to take an acting class in makeup school. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And the acting teacher, this stuck with me, I mean, even through my career as a makeup artist. Not that it's anywhere near being over. (laughs) (laughs) I've remembered all the Exactly. Ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing he said was like, no one wants to watch someone acting on screen. They want to watch someone being the character and being uh-huh. so authentic. Yeah. And I was like, dang. And that was relevant. <laughs> and I was like, dang. <laughs> And that's where I got the title for my <laughs> memoir. Exactly. Dang. Dang. My makeup, I say to Marie. Dang. <laughs> so true. Yeah. All right, we're going to start that one over. <laughs> I don't know. I think it kind of works. Dang. That'll just be the lead into the commercial break. Where do we leave off? <laughs> I think it was after the dang. Unverified is supported by Doodle Different, a little book of places to start. With unique drawing prompts and hashtags on each page, Doodle Different is the place where offline creativity meets online community. It's a celebration of imagination. Get your copy or digital download on doodledifferent.com and use the code unverified for 15% off. That's unverified, like the name of this podcast, for 15% off at doodledifferent.com. Happy doodling. So how did that class inform how you work as a makeup artist and how I create (laughs) digital content? Yeah. Great question, Corley. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) We'll just leave that in. Go with it. It was in that dang moment. (laughs) That I realized when I was doing touch-ups on actors and working with them, they weren't necessarily acting. Like, they were acting, but in so much so that they were putting all of their heart and soul into this character. And so they were at the most vulnerable spot. And so, to me, that just added a layer of sensitivity in the work that I do. Mm -hmm. To try to be mindful of what the actor is going through. And it was 
in that moment. <laughs> in the defining moment. In the defining dang moment that I realized. And it's still, it's such a work. Like sometimes I'll film a video and I'll be like, that feels good. Like that feels authentic. And then other times I'll be like, like, I don't know. I don't feel as relaxed. I feel like it's like forced. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that creating content and being in the right mindset going into creating content yeah. is so important. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Like you cannot be in a bad mood. You will see it on camera and then you'll be forced to edit it for hours and hours and hours <laughs> and hours. <laughs> You're like, I should have just had the snack. <laughs> yep. That's, yeah. that's always the answer. Right. Because it's Crafty. like whatever energy you have in real life, you need to amplify it when you're on camera in order for it to read like it's a normal conversation. So what advice would you give to people who are just getting started creating content? I think one huge thing is figuring out what social media outlet is right for you. Mm. Starting off with YouTube was the right call for me. YouTube taught me editing. It taught me sound bites. It taught me telling a story from start to finish, how to intro, how to grab someone's attention, mm-hmm. um, what people were interested in. It's a lot of work. I think it's one of the social medias that requires a lot of. It's definitely the marathon game. YouTube, yes, for sure. And I think what you're saying about everything that you learned on YouTube can be applied to every platform and is really important to keep in mind when you start building a following on a platform that might disappear, right? There's always that fear um, in clients that I have. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know how long TikTok's going to be around. Like I don't necessarily want to build a huge following there. or I don't know how long Clubhouse is going to be around, or I don't know if I want to invest the time in this new whatever. But to your point, you learn from every platform and you are building relationships and those transcend platforms. Once Absolutely. you get, yeah, once you get people onto your email list, once you get people onto your website, once you get people into your real life network, um, they're familiar with you. And if they see your face and if they recognize your face and your energy on a different platform, great. Absolutely. It just keeps, it's, there's a through line there. So the, I don't believe there's any wasted time. One pro of YouTube mm-hmm. is just that because YouTube favors longer content. So it forces you to be on camera longer and figure out mm-hmm. what works and doesn't. And it also figure out, it also helps you figure out how to get audience retention and keep them on longer because YouTube loves when people continue to watch your video. So a pro of starting on YouTube as opposed to any of the other social medias is that it's going to force you to really flush out an idea from start to finish, figure out your talking points and be on camera. It's like video creation boot camp. Yes. And the analytics are great. So good. You can see everything. You can see exactly when people clicked off. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's very humbling. You can see exactly what percentage yeah, when yeah, when people drop off. The percentage of people that make it all the way through. Ooh, that line goes down fast sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I think the biggest thing with social media is just if you're if you want to become a content creator, you just have to pick something and start and then don't stop. <laughs> mhm. Because opportunities will come from there and things will get easier, but that is something that people ask me all the time. Is like how did you 
do it. Like, you know, and it's just doing it and then continuously doing it (laughs) (laughs) and then doing it some more. Yeah. And learning along the way, allowing like yourself grace and patience when things don't look perfect or they don't sound perfect or they, um, don't go viral overnight or you don't get your multi-million dollar book deal after three posts. Yeah. And I would be kidding myself if I said that I wasn't fame hungry, isn't the right word, but if I didn't, I did, I thought that it was going to be easier. I thought that I was going to be the next makeup, you know, tutorial guide, Uh (laughs) (laughs) but now doing it for so long, I wouldn't have even wanted to be that person. I was going to ask, yeah, is that how, where are your goals now? I think honestly, my goals now are still the goals that I had at the very, very beginning is just stripping down makeup, having fun, taking the pressure off of it and trying to teach people something that I am so freaking passionate about. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, that's that. So we've talked a lot about or hurdles and obstacles and roadblocks and any other word to describe challenges. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have been some of the pros of starting your digital footprint on YouTube? I think the fact that YouTube videos live on mm-hmm. forever. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so videos that I made five years ago are still able to bring me a small bit of income and I have not uploaded a new video in months. And even so I like probably in the past two years, I've really been slowing down on YouTube just because of the amount of time that it takes to produce a video. But it's nice having that, um, that platform already built in. Like I know how to do it. And if someone were, if someone offered me a deal and I could easily jump back into doing it. Yeah. And it's not that I don't enjoy doing YouTube. I would like to continue with it. It's just hard to figure out how to produce efficiently with the time that I have when I'm trying to split myself between all social medias. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, the pro is that whatever I do on YouTube, it will live on and continuously, hopefully be able to grow as people keep searching it. But I feel like you get a lot more instant gratification on other social media apps. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think you definitely lucked out by having YouTube as kind of the only option when you got started because you just started running and didn't realize you were running a marathon uh, and you just kept running. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But what's good about that is all of, I mean, everything that you just said, that it really is the long game and you've put in so much over the last five years, primarily in the first three of the last five, um, but that you're still seeing views go up, right? It would be so weird if somebody liked one of your Instagram videos from last year. Whoa, that's so true. It would be like a faux pas. A faux pas. <laughs> a faux pas. Yeah. You'd be like, man, you're like into this girl if you're digging that far down into her Instagram. <laughs> Slash like, where do I find a restraining order? <laughs> I mean, or, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, it is. Um, so which is why, you know, Instagram's trying to make their, well, they're coming out with all these, this search functionality, right? They're saying use relevant hashtags, put them in the captions, 
um, in your bio, make sure you're putting what you do in your handle or excuse me, your, your name on your profile, make sure you are putting what you do because they want people to be able to find stuff because mm. there are those benefits. Um, they are trying to incentivize creators as much as possible, but YouTube and Google, you know, they have it nailed. That's their whole thing. On SEO. The game. Yeah. Um, search their whole thing. So, cause even if you Google a question, YouTube videos pop up as options to click on. Yep. Not anything else really. Yeah. And it would be weird if any of your videos stopped growing on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's one view a year, <laughs> <laughs> even if it's one view a year, I mean, right. that's still growth. Yeah, it is. Um, We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's more than any other platform. Mm -hmm. So I think you really, I think you lucked out there, even though it was this kind of uh, tumultuous grind. <laughs> oh my gosh, describe it. Uh, it's starting to pay off. And the great thing about YouTube, and, and we'll get into this later, um, is that you can repurpose all of your YouTube content for other things. Mm. <laughs> we'll go back through that archive oh, and, and and help you figure out some new strategies with it. Deal. But I feel you. I mean, that instant gratification is nice, though. For real. It is. They'll get you. I know. With that fame. It's addicting. It is. I mean, yes. The user experience on social platforms is very much developed in the same style as slot machines. And you know what? Now that I think about it, when I upload a YouTube video, it's kind of like a bump on the log. Like I just like, <laughs> you know, I like upload it, but I don't like I'll check my views like maybe like a few hours into it. And then maybe at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But when I upload a TikTok, I'm like constantly like, oh, is this going to, you know, is this going to go big or is it going to, oh, is this going to like stay the same or like, is this going to be the, a, a really good video? And and so YouTube to me, it's kind of more like whatever happens, happens. And also whatever happens could potentially happen months or years down the road. I mean, I've been surprised at the videos that have been given that have received the most views on it. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the ones, you know, didn't get any views on the first day. And then, and then it was enough of a search engine thing that throughout time it just grew. People ask that, we're asking that question enough that, yeah, that your video exactly. became the answer. And listen, there but then the pros and cons to both. I mean, I think if you have the mental and emotional <laughs> fortitude to survive YouTube, it's great. And you have, a, like, you know, a clear mission and you know over the next five years you're going to be creating or three to five years you're going to be creating the same, maybe not necessarily the same kind of content, but you're pretty solid in your messaging and, and what you're interested in driving towards or teaching. It's great. TikTok is a great place to um, get a lot of attention overnight, you know, yeah. and that's not necessarily everybody's experience on TikTok. But the reason why people are gravitating towards it and why it's doing so well is they I mean, like you said, you're sitting there refreshing views. There is a possibility of going viral overnight. They've really increased the uh, the ante on the f Internet fame lottery. OK, wait, before you before you get carried away, Corley, we're talking about uh, viral ability in episode two. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Who's producing this? <laughs> Me. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Let's roll on the second episode. OK. Dang. <laughs> 
part two of this conversation with Shanna Marie will be available next Monday. And in the meantime, you can keep up with her on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Makeup by Shanna Marie. And I will include all of those links in the show notes and on unverifiedpod.com. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show and hear more, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on social at Unverified Pod. Anytime you interact with one of our posts, you're telling the social platform that you like what we're doing and it'll send you more of it. At the same time, it will also widen the reach of the post in general so more people will have a chance to see it. And we really appreciate that. We're booking new guests and I'd love to hear from you. Have a social media question or a digital specialty? Visit unverifiedpod.com and click be on the show. Unverified is produced by Trigger Creative and edited by Matt Fields with special thanks to Zach Knutson, Gwyn Rogers, and Abby White. Thanks for listening.